It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Friday edition of the show. It's a fan Friday on the Locked on Cougars podcast. We'll be chatting with Tyler Bergener from fifth quarter BYU. Guy covering BYU, but also a big Cougar fan to boot. Had a great conversation with him. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. Also need to talk about some of the latest news when it comes to BYU and trying to scramble to put together a schedule or revamp the schedule as it were, for BYU. Interesting comments from Texas A&M, AD Ross Bjork. Also some thoughts from Mario Mokia from New Mexico State involving the Cougars on both fronts. We'll talk about that as well on today's show. So a lot to get to on a Friday edition of the show. It's all brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com, as well as our good friends over at All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you about both of those companies as today's show rolls on. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 17th, 2020. Guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. A lot to get to on a Friday edition of the show as usual, but a quick reminder for you guys, if you're new to the show, we aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each and every day, as well as opinion and insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from, so that way you never miss an episode of this podcast. All right, BYU football, obviously, trying to put together a schedule on the fly here. Speaking of BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo, all kinds of conversations, obviously, ongoing for him. But some interesting comments came out yesterday from two different 80s around the country talking about BYU and scheduling. Let's start off with this. Mario Mokia, New Mexico State's Athletic Director, he is one of the BYU's fellow independents, I guess we can call it. And he had an interesting comment to Chris Hummer from 24-7 Sports saying that he has had at least one conversation with the vast majority of his fellow independent programs, Sands and Notre Dame. He acknowledged that Notre Dame is probably going to be taken care of regardless by the ACC in terms of scheduling if they do go to a conference-only model. But he said he's had conversations with BYU, among other independents, at least once talking about uh, different situations, all the hypotheticals that could possibly go with the current schedule. And he said he's acknowledged that there could be some discussions between these universities about home and home series as an independent scheduling uh, alliance, if you will, for the upcoming football season. I think BYU, New Mexico State, they're two different stratospheres in terms of a football program, but in terms of the proximity, BYU could do a lot worse in a pinch than doing going home and home with New Mexico State. They've made the trip to Las Cruces once before. Uh, it was a f- crazy, crazy game. James Lark had his finest moments as a BYU quarterback. Cody Hoffman had a monster game on that in that uh, game as well, and it wouldn't be a bad deal, but I know BYU's chasing bigger fish. 
A big time fish that could land for them is Texas A&M. Ross Bjork, their AD, was on their own podcast, the 12th Man Podcast, as I believe what they call it, and had some very interesting conversation with the with the host that was on with him and talking about the situation in terms of scheduling for Texas A&M out of the SEC. Now having to actually fill a hole on September 19th that was originally there for Texas A&M against the Colorado Buffaloes. Colorado is a member of the Pac-12, has I've obviously canceled that game. Well, just so happens the BYU is planning on making a trip south uh, to Arizona State on September 19th. Could BYU be in play to go to Kyle Field and take on the Texas A&M Aggies down there in Aggieland? Interesting conversation, but let's hear a little bit right now from Ross Bjork, Texas A&M's AD, about what he expects to go forward with the scheduling alliances and how everything's kind of shaken out. We anticipated there'd be some breakage in the schedule, perhaps, right? And so, you you know, this started really back in April. I started talking to my colleague at, at uh, Colorado. Um, the athletic director at Fresno State is a good friend of mine from my days at, at UCLA. He played football at UCLA, Terry Toomey. So we start talking, hey, what's California thinking? What, you know, what's happening out there? So we anticipate some breakage assuming that we're, we're playing. And so you kind of anticipate these things. Colorado gave us the heads up, uh, so we've got to replace that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fresno, we don't know what's going to happen in the state of California. You hear different things. Right now, they're, they're staying the course. So I had a lot of scheduling conversations over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> lots of ADs. Uh, there's lots of ADs that are scrambling right now. Um, look, the opponents aren't going to be hard to find. That's not going to be the issue. I mean, Notre Dame is going to be looking for a lot of games. BYU, I think, has already lost uh, at least five, maybe six games. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, some other Big 12 opponents have lost uh, some Pac-12 mm-hmm. uh, matchups. Finding the game piece is not going to be the hard part. There you go. Ross Bjork, Athletic Director at Texas A&M. It's Studio 12 is the podcast name. I apologize. It should have been the 12th man. There's no doubt that they should probably change that. Maybe it's already trademarked and being handled elsewhere, but... Great comments nonetheless, and you heard talk about the fact that Colorado, he's had conversations with them, talking with people at Fresno State. If I'm BYU, if I'm Tom Homo, I'm on the phone with Bjork saying, when do you want us there? What time we will be there? Because that would be a massive get for BYU on the fly to play a team of the caliber of Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher is building a pretty good program down there. And I think it'd be a fun game going to Kyle Field. That'd be a fun environment to go watch a football game in if you're able to go, obviously. But regardless, that would be a big time get for BYU. And we'll keep bringing you news as we hear it with regards to BYU scheduling. As I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, people inside the program in terms of the BYU football program itself, coaches, players, staff members, They're handling what they can handle, and that is their own preparation for the coming football season. They're letting Tom Holmo and the rest of the BYU Athletic Administration handle the scheduling part of things. I'm sure Kalani Sitake obviously has a say in that, but they're just handling what they can handle, and that means getting their workouts in and making sure their bodies, speaking of the athletes, are as well-rounded and in shape as they possibly can be for whenever the college football season gets going. But great comments nonetheless from both Mario Mokia as well as Ross Bjork, the ADs from both New Mexico State and Texas A&M, respectively. All right, coming up here in just a second, we kick off a Fan Friday with our good friend Tyler Bergener from 5th Quarter BYU, doing a great job covering the Cougars on his own website. Had a great conversation, mainly focused on BYU football, but a few other topics we'll get to here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com. 
RockAuto.com is a 20-year-old company that serves online auto parts customers. And the best part about this whole deal with it is all the parts you order off RockAuto.com are shipped directly to your door. That's what I love about this company. They want to make sure you're taken care of and help save some money when it comes to taking care of your car. Obviously, many of us rely on our vehicles for our day-to-day lives. I rely on mine. I have to commute every day into my radio station, the Zone Sports Network. And guess what? When my car's on the fritz, there is nothing worse because it just makes you feel helpless. There's, There's no doubt about that. Well, rockauto.com wants to help you guys out in that regard. They can get you any part you need for your car, and they can make sure it's shipped right to you as soon as you need it. I love the online layout of what rockauto.com has going. You can search by model. You can search for whatever your car is. You search by the part, the specifications you're looking for. Even you can search by price. If you want to go above a certain price point, they'll let you search by that. That's what I love about Rock Auto. They want to customize your experience for yourself, and they always want to keep the prices as low as they possibly can. They're reliably low all of the time. RockAuto.com is the best spot for whatever you need for your car. Whether it might be a clamp that you need, a CX, C, what is it called, a CV axle joint, whatever it might be, tail lights, interior carpet, headlamps, they've got it all for you guys. Check it out. It's our good friends at RockAuto.com. When you stop by, make sure to put in Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you from right here on Locked On Cougars. That's our good friends at RockAuto.com. Reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. Check them out, rockauto.com, a proud partner with us here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, guys, Fan Friday kicks off now. Had a great conversation with Tyler Bergener from Fifth Quarter BYU, doing a great job covering the BYU Cougars. We talked a lot of BYU football and covered a lot of ground. So without further ado, let's get to it here. Kicking off a Fan Friday with Tyler Bergener on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Tyler, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on a Fan Friday. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Jake. Absolutely. Okay, so first things first. I think some people have seen uh, you on social media at BYUFQ, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, on Twitter, correct? It's underscore. At, Un- okay. At underscore. Okay. So yeah. explain for people who may not know what BYU fifth quarter is uh, so they can kind of understand what you're doing with the site, et cetera. Um, so, so what it is, it's, um, so uh, it's like, it's like another, I try to think of what they are, but like the bleacher report kind of, things but it's like team based Mm -hmm. and i don't know if a lot of uh a lot of fans like i've noticed but there's been a lot of them that are starting like to pop pop up for like every for every team like for division one teams and now um, they're starting to 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 pop up for hbcu teams as well yeah and so it's just like trying to um to provide like each individual team like another uh, another person to and to just put um put additional things out there for them and to uh, yeah, like I'm um, um, just to just add um, add more uh, more stuff during during this time for uh, for fans to um, to look at. So yeah, I, I think you do an admirable job. I'm I'm assuming you do this solo. Is that correct? You have a staff of guys underneath you, or just you? No, it's just me. 
See, and I respect that. I, of course, I work in the podcast sphere here, uh, pretty much solo. I'm the. I've had actually people ask me about this podcast. Hey, Jake, who produces your podcast? Well, that's me. Who uh, <laughs> promotes it on social media? That's me too. <laughs> so I think you and I kind of you understand the whole game of be, kind of being that self starter, having to kind of handle things on your own. But you're also yeah. a big BYU fan, and it's very apparent with what you're doing on social media. You have the passion for what BYU sports can be, in particular BYU football. So let's start here. Tell us a little bit about your background as a Cougar fan. Yeah, so um, I've I've been a, I'm a BYU fan for most of my life. My my parents are are BYU grads, and it's funny when I when I was little. Whenever they would they would play the U, I would always I'd say go go Utes and stuff like that, <laughs> like, just to mess with them. And really, like I I never was, but I would always just say say I, I I'd say it like just because I uh, um like like I just wanted to be different from them. I guess like they always talked talked bad about about the U. Like I learned from 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 a really young age that. I didn't like the you, so <laughs> you just like to be stubborn and difficult. That's what, that's yeah, what we're getting yeah. at. Do you have any kids? I do. I uh, I have one. Okay, well, just get ready. It's payback's coming. I I, yeah. I, I did the same thing. I've got two of my own. Uh, they're both still relatively young, but my oldest, my daughter, man, I just sit there and look at it, and I've talked to my parents. I'm like. I apologize for being the way I was. <laughs> so, it's always yeah. fun that way. So, so you grew up a BYU fan, obviously. So your parents are both Cougar grads. Uh, when it comes to BYU football, you look back through their history. What to you is the, I guess, most uh, important moment for you as a BYU fan, speaking of the BYU football program? So for, for me, like what really like um, – made me really like like become a, a, a BYU fan. I started getting into it in 2005 when uh it was when it was it was Mendenhall's for for first year. Okay. And um and I started getting into it then, but the 2006 the whole on the whole season was just really big for me and the and the Utah game was really what like that last that last play when uh, when when John Beck through through the on the last second the last second um, PD to to Johnny to, Harling yeah um, was what what was it really just made made me just I, I was a I was a fan for for life after that like I can never never go go back on on anything after that so. Well, I think you're not alone. I think that moment sealed BYU fandom for a number of people. The fun fact is, I don't know if you've listened to this podcast, but I missed both 06 and 07. Those two football seasons, I was in the mission field serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was clear across the Pacific Ocean in Taiwan. I had no idea about the Beck to Harleen for about a week until my dad sent me the the story about it from the local, I think it was the Deseret News, I think he sent to yeah. me. And I read it and I was like, I just missed one of the greatest moments in BYU football history, didn't I? <laughs> so I, I, I did not see the play actually take place until I got home just about two years later, but still a crazy season all the same to look back on. And I, like I said, I, I don't think you're alone in saying, you know what, that season really cemented your BYU fandom. Now as uh, we fast forward here, so 2006, we're now in the year 2020, so about 15 years, give or take, here, uh, and 
going into this season, we all know that there's so many question marks with regards to are they going to play a season? What be, What is BYU's schedule going to look like? But putting that aside for a moment here, what excites you most about this year's BYU football team? Um, I, I would say just what what Phil Steele was was saying in, on your podcast today. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Phil, Phil Steele was saying that this is the this the best team in the in, in the Kalani era, and I just um, I just um, I think that the uh, what he's done with the with the youth and letting the youth play. And letting them learn and, and get and get their lumps and just along the way will and will really like it'll pay dividends this year for sure. And I'm 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 really excited excited to see guys like like DHC and um, and, um, and and then and then Matt and that and that um, Bushman yeah. play. And, um, and, and I'm just try, trying to, and, I, and I'm just like, and, I, and I'm just really, really excited to see like what they can do together as a team, this, this last year and this last ride that they have together. And I think that, um, I, I think that this year, I think that, um, it could be a, a, a really big, big, big one for them if they were able to play. And I hope that they do, because I think that we need that this as, um, this, um, just that uh, not only here as as why 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 as why fans, but just mm-hmm. as a um, just as a nation. Yep, there's no doubt about that. We all, I think, all of us just look at it and say, "Hey, just give us college football in whatever sh- way, shape, or form you can give it to us." I do want to ask you though, what is your confidence level that there will be football this fall, or are you kind of thinking they're moving towards the spring at this point? Um, so like I've gone back, back and forth on it. Like I, if you would ask me like a week, week ago, I would have said it was pretty high, like a seven or an eight. But now that we've seen like the last couple, the last couple of days, it's been mostly like FCS teams that have said, or like, or um, that they're not going to play on, on this year or in, or in the fall. Um, but, uh, but, but if you ask me now, I would probably say maybe a three or a four. Okay. I'm, I'm still trying, trying to hold on to that last little bit of, of hope, but I don't know. Who knows? So, <laughs> I think you're in the same boat as many of the people listening to this. I'm in the same boat with you. If you, you've listened to this podcast pretty regularly, you know how my, my optimism level has dropped pretty precipitously over the last couple of weeks. It just seems to be bad news after bad news. I still think that if there's any way that BYU can scrape together a schedule, they will play. Like I said on yesterday's podcast, or actually no, it was, it was yesterday's podcast, that uh, they want they're doing everything they, within their power to prepare themselves. They're controlling the controllable, to use that expression, and just getting ready for the season. And we'll see how it all shakes out. But I think regardless, we all just want college football back in our lives. So that, that's the biggest thing about it. <laughs> Yeah, talking with Tyler Bergener here on a Fan Friday here on the Lockdown Cougars podcast. Tyler, let's talk a little bit about Kalani Sataki and his tenure. Uh, you mentioned the fact that Phil Steele says this is going to be the best team in his mind that Kalani's had since he showed up at BYU. How would you grade the first four years of Kalani's tenure to this point? I would say I, I would give him a, a solid B. Okay. I, I think that that the that the BYU program was heading in the in, in the direction towards some uh some records that that weren't so that, that weren't going to be as good as 
as we've been used to the last last decade or so. And I, I just think that the, that the other staff, they, and they saw, saw that uh, and they saw that coming and, um, and they, uh, and when they left, you know, I, I think that they, that they knew that they were going to uh, miss out on that. And I think they were, they were pretty glad they weren't going to, they weren't going to have to deal, deal with, with the fans during, during those times that, and that weren't as, weren't as good as they, uh, as we're used to. But I think that, uh, I mean, he's done a really awesome job. I think I've, I've been, I've been really impressed with him and I've had, I've had the chance to, to meet and to meet him. Uh, I'm a, I'm, I think once or twice at fan, fan fests and oh, yeah. things like that. And I just think he's, um, he's a really awesome guy. And I think that uh, I mean, he, um, he's, he's the right guy to, to, um, to, um, to take us to where we want to be, I would say. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And I, I would like for what Phil still said, that he, he really thinks that BYU could be something special this year. He said the best team that Bronco Mendenhall's had in five years. And that would mean for a pretty good team because I think we all can look back to Kalani's first year in 20, 2016, that 9-4 and four season. Had, a st- had an NFL quarterback in Taysom Hill. He had an NFL running back in Jamal Williams. And they led BYU to a great season overall. Those nine wins easily probably could have been ten wins had they uh, reversed their fortunes a little bit. But if they accomplish what has been kind of set out for them this season, if and when they do play, I think there are going to be a lot of BYU fans hopping back on the bandwagon because I think there are some people who have kind of fallen off that bandwagon to a degree over the last four years. It yeah. kind of happens with a losing season. Let's you and I, I think we would agree on that. It seems to yeah. ha- hamper any hopes of you keeping your fan base completely happy. But as you uh, look at this team, uh, obviously there's a big question mark with the quarterback position. A three quarterback derby, it looks like, uh, for the starting quarterback job. Who is the guy you think should start for BYU and why? Well, in, in my mind, that's that's really easy to me. It's got to be Zach. Um, I think that um, Zach Wilson has has shown a lot of really good um, things during during his his time. Like I know he's had his, his his issues and his ups and downs throughout throughout his career, but he he's really young. Like I think fans like they tend to forget just how young he is. Like he he was he, he came in halfway through through the, through the year as a as a true frosh and. <laughs> Um, and then last year he was never, he was never a hundred percent. He was, he was, he was always, he had, he had that on, on the issue in the off season with his, with his shoulder, shoulder and then he broke his hand or his thumb. I mean, uh, I mean, in the, in the, and what, what game was it again? The, in the Toledo, Toledo game. game. Yeah. Toledo. Yeah. yeah. In the Toledo game. And it's just, he, he never looked the same after that. And I just think that, um, I don't know. Like it is nothing against the uh, the other guys. I think that they that, that they all played played great. I think that they that they played great in the, in the opportunities that they had. I just think that uh, that Zach has the has the best um, uh, best upside out of all of them. There you go. Part one of my conversation with Tyler Bergener from Fifth Quarter BYU. Check out his site. His great work, especially on social media. He has a lot of fun uh, joking around with people and also maybe, you know, uh, maybe getting some under some mute fan skin. It's pretty funny. I have a great time watching what he does on social media. He has a great social media presence. And check out Fifth Quarter BYU. All right. We'll get to part two of our conversation here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, do need to talk to you guys about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control on today's podcast. You heard me talk 
talk about this company. It's a local company in the state of Utah that's uh, focused on any and all pest control needs, regardless of whatever you might need. It doesn't matter what your problem is. Seth and his team at All Guard Pest Control can handle it, and they will make sure you are 110% satisfied. I'm putting probably words in his mouth. He'd probably say, we'll just say 100% satisfied. I'm going to make it 110. Sorry, Seth, but check them out. Our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, they can handle anything you guys need up and down the Wasatch Front. They're based here in Utah, Utah natives. They want to make sure that all of their neighbors are taken care of. I love All Guard's system. They have two unique programs they're offering to our listeners. If you want to make sure that your house is protected year-round, they offer a quarterly pest control program where they come out once every three months, so about four visits a year. Make sure your home is always protected against whatever that season's uh, main pests are. During the summer, it seems to be ants. During the winter, it's spiders and whatnot trying to get inside your home where it's warm. They will make sure that that barrier is up around your house, so the house, excuse me, so this creepy crawly thing stay on the outside. You and your family and your pets stay on the inside, and you're safe and snug and happy as can be. They're also taking the utmost precautions right now when it comes to taking care of your home, wearing masks, wearing gloves. They want to make sure you fi- make sure you feel at ease when they are in your home. Another program they offer is if you have a one-time service need, they'll treat it for the one time. They'll leave you alone. Allgard doesn't believe in making people sign contracts that require quote-unquote follow-up visits. They will come out, they'll abate the problem, and then they will move on and leave you alone until the next time you need them. I'll guarantee you, you will call them again if you take advantage of our good friends at Allgard Pest Control and their services. You can give them a call anytime, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. You can also check them out online at allgardpestcontrols.com. Seth and his team are the best of the best, big-time BYU fans. When you give them a call, tell them the Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you. He takes care of my house. Speaking of Seth and his team at All Guard Pest Control, let them take care of yours as well. That's 801-851-1812, or check out our good friends at All Guard Pest Control at allguardpestcontrols.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, part two with Tyler Bergener right now on a Fan Friday, right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Defensively, uh, a lot of BYU fans, there's a lot of angst about that whole drop eight scheme that they ran a year ago. They want BYU to get back to playing a more aggressive style of defense. Do you expect to see a different defense this year, or are you expecting more of the same? I would expect maybe a little bit of both. Like I, I would hope to um, to see that, on a staff that, that, that the staff can, um, that they can dictate it. Uh, and, and it depends on, on who they play, what the strengths and what the, and what the weaknesses are of the, of the, the opposing, um, offense. Yeah. I think that, you know, like, I think that's, that's, that's kind of where they made, they made a mistake this last, last year was, it, um, once it worked, like on, on the one, one game against against uh, it was SC, um, and it worked and it, it worked like really well against them. But then they they made the mistake of doing it every single single game and not really making any, um, 
any adjust, adjust, adjustments too much after that. Like, like, I mean, we saw it a little bit against, um, against other teams later on down the stretch, but, um, for the most, most part against like, against, uh, like teams like Utah state and, yeah. and San, San Diego state, they, uh, and they basically just did, did the drop, drop eight scheme and it worked and it didn't work. But I, I just think like, Oh, um, for me that I would like to see, 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 I'm to see, see them get, uh, get back to, being being a, being a, being a little bit more um, blitz heavy, like not mm-hmm. like not so much as a lot of fans want it to be, like blitzing on every down. But I think that I think that they could um, that they could send a guy like um, like like chat like Chaz mm-hmm. on um, on a blitz every once in a while, and I and I think he could get there. And so I don't know. It just really depends on what on what they think is best. But I don't know. I I think that. Um, that being a little bit, and that being a little bit more uh, um, blitz heavy would be good. Okay, well, yeah, I, I think that's not a bad idea. Uh, one thing I I don't know if I've brought this up on the podcast in the past, but the the whole drop eight scheme to me, it's a nice thing to have in your tool bag. We'll use that expression here, where you can you can pull it out if you need to. But looking at 2019, I really feel like when BYU won that game against USC relying on that drop eight scheme and just essentially daring Keaton Slovis to make mistakes, which he made enough of to let BYU win that game. Of course, the game ceiling interception, Chaz Ayu tips it and Diane Gonwoloku intercepts it. To me, I actually think that game may have gotten the coaching staff to say, you know what, this works. This is what we're going with. And they stuck with it for the rest of the year. And there were plenty of other games that you and I both watched, I'm sure, in our entirety and watched them probably more than once that you're like, you need to get out of this scheme. It is not working today. It works every so often. It's something you can use. If it's working, sure, go with it. But there are days that it is not going to work, and you need to have the ability to, like you're talking about, be a little more blitz-heavy. Take a chance. Trust your cornerbacks. Trust your safeties to say, you know what? You guys have to stay with these receivers. We're sending two or three guys here to hopefully get after this quarterback and hopefully wreak some havoc. I think that is a great point on your part that, yes, you want to have a drop eight scheme. You want to have that uh, quote unquote pass defense available to you where you drop everybody out. But you also, you need to be able to come after the quarterback. There's no doubt about that. And the and the and the and the defensive back depth is probably the best that I've ever seen at the oh, Y in, in, in my time yeah. being being a fan. Like I don't think I've ever seen them be that deep before. Like no offense, like to like the guys like like a, like Ben Crit, Crit, Criddle or yeah. anyone like like that. But those are days where we were maybe like too deep. <laughs> and <laughs> maybe and, maybe too yeah. deep. Yeah. <laughs> and no. so like and it's really it's really nice to have like to where like. Um, like with like this on um, this last 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 year, we lost uh, um, um, a a bunch of guys in in our secondary due to um due to injuries and school yeah. issues, and and it's it just really nice to have that have that depth back back there just in case things like that were to happen. Yeah, I would say this is probably the best in terms of cornerbacks alone. I would say the depth is the best since they've since 1996, maybe. Uh, maybe even go back further than that. They're, they're, they haven't had this much talent in that def- defensive secondary 
in in two decades plus i i would i would imagine but you're right i think the the, the depth there hopefully should yield the ability maybe yeah to take some more chances and send another linebacker to on a blitz every so often and say you know what we trust that our guys will cover these receivers you get after that quarterback and, and make their life a nightmare and I hope to see it. I really do. So now as we look kind of forward and we've already talked about the fact we're not sure when the season starts, but for you, Tyler, two back-to-back seven and six seasons and both of them different types of seasons, seven and six in 2018, I thought looked fairly decent, especially the bowl game, what Zach Wilson did at the famous Idaho potato bowl. But then last year you had a chance to if you were to change the games against Toledo, San Diego State, South Florida, and Hawaii, well, guess what? That's a 10-plus win season sitting on the table for you guys and would have changed the fortunes of this program, I think, in many ways. Now, as you look forward, we all uh, – granted, we don't know how many games they would play, but let's say if they were to play a 12-game schedule, how many wins would BYU need to have in 2020 for you to consider it a successful season? I would say at least eight. Okay. I think eight would be the bare minimum for mm-hmm. me because like, um, because, cause it, cause it shows that, that the youth is starting to – gain like that on the on the good experience that they need and and that they're using that to build upon where where, where they were at before and um i think that's that was one of the most that that was that was one of the hard things about this last year is that we wanted to see guys like zach Mm -hmm. um um um, build upon the on on the mistakes and also like the good um, on the good things (coughs) sorry you okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, uh, but the mistakes and also the, and the good, good things that they, uh, uh, they did and, and show that, you know, um, um, that they're getting better every year. And I just think that, uh, that I think that on that this year that they just have to, um, um to show that, uh, and even if it's only just by one, um, or just one win, I think they, uh, they have to. And to show that they're um, um, that they're getting better and that they're and, and, that, and that they're on the right path. Yeah, I think we all want to see improvement. There's no doubt about that. Uh, talking with Tyler Bergener here, he is of course the guy who runs Fifth Quarter BYU. Does a great job covering BYU sports with kind of a unique flair. I have to give you that, Tyler. You, you do a great job, but kind of you've carved out your own little niche of how you're covering things, and I think that's. Uh, I, I, I think it's something that is missing in this day and age. I think a lot of people want to be cookie cutter and kind of follow the lead of somebody else and say, you know what? I want to follow that formula. And I got to give you credit with what you're doing with fifth quarter BYU. I think you do a fantastic job covering BYU in your own unique way. So that's uh, a tip of the cap to you. And I, I hope you keep it up. I, it's, it's a fantastic thing you're doing. And I would encourage BYU fans. Uh, you said at the top, so at Twitter, it's at BYU underscore FQ. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, absolutely. Uh, Tyler, so last couple of things here from me is I wanted to get a, a couple quick thoughts from you on BYU basketball. Obviously, a pretty fantastic season with Mark Pope this past year, as high as number 14 in the national rankings. Where do you sit on the, the Mark Pope is going to leave BYU uh, bandwagon? Do you think he's going to take the first train out of Provo, or do you think he's going to stick around for a little bit? I actually think that he, um, he might stay stay around for a little while. I, I mean, like maybe not as as long as like six, seven years as we all hope for, but I think may, maybe for another two, two to three years, I think he could stay. He could he could hang hang around here, and 
I think that he really wants to uh, and to see what he can build here. I, I think um, this last year that he and his staff got a little bit of a taste of 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 what um, what what success like could look like here, and I just think that he has he has a really awesome thing going. And I think like with guys that he has like with Matt Harms and um, and 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 guys like that coming in and Averett from UVU coming in, I think that um, he, he he can build on it even more because I think that this last year's team was really, really good. But I think that this next year's team has um, – they have they have all the ability to be, um, to be even better, I, uh, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It would be interesting to see how this team really does kind of gel and see how they, they put it together this year. Are, are you a guy who uh, thinks that BYU basketball – is on the up and up, and this is going to continue on. Do you think that Mark Pope can maintain the pace he has set for himself early on? I think so, and I think a lot of that is um, is because of his staff. I think his his staff has uh, is, is really what um, has has helped him like get to that on, on the next level, and will help him even get up to that even next level after mm-hmm. that. I think that's that's been the pro- problem with uh, with the uh, with uh, with with. Kalani is that um, he hasn't always had the staff around him to, to build him up and get him to the next level. Cause I think that he's a great coach, but I just think that he hasn't always had the tools around, around him to use, um, to use just like Pope, Pope has. Absolutely. I, I would agree. That's a great assessment. I, I think you're dead on with that. It's, it's a matter, you can be a great coach in your own right, but you're only so good as your assistants. And you're right. Mark Pope's got a great staff around him. I think Kalani's put together a pretty good staff around him after some early missteps. I would agree with you there. And we'll see how Kalani does to really kind of claw his way back up and hopefully he can get things rolling here. All right, Tyler, we'll get you out of here on this last thing. You've heard this on every other fan Friday. Here is your soapbox moment. Fire away, whatever you want to talk about BYU wise. It's all your time. Go ahead. And I, I've been thinking about this for a little while, but I, I would just say that uh, that I think if I mean if um, if the if the board board of tr- trustees and the and the university as a whole wants wants sports and especially um, bat, basketball and and foot and and foot football. Mm-hmm. To, um, to have to have to have the kind of success that the fan, fan base wants, then, um, then then they need to invest that on, on that on, on, on the money that they deserve into it. And I think because those um, those two are the are the cash cows, they deserve a lot of the a lot of the um, a lot of the money from. From that to um, to build everything up and to and to have it be run the way that they need it to be run, or in, in order to have um, the success that we all want, because because you look at all these schools like um, like lately like, like, like even like like um, the U and Utah State, like they have way more have way more resources than even we than we do, and I I I feel like that that's wrong in my opinion because um, I think that. Uh, that we have um, um, that those things are are there for us, but we just don't have access to them. That that those that those teams they don't have access to those to those funds. And I think in order for us to see the success, like I I think that um, that um, that they need to be treated 
like the assets that they are. Hey, you're a man after my own heart. You, 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 you speak to the masses and I, I'm screaming amen to you. I think it's something that absolutely needs to be addressed at BYU. And here's hoping at some point that they do address and they do, like you said, open up those funds a little bit, the pocketbook, I guess we could use, open up a little bit wider, especially for football and basketball. Well, Tyler, it was a fantastic conversation. Can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. Encourage everybody to go check out Fifth Quarter BYU. Follow them on Twitter at BYU underscore FQ. Is that your main Twitter account? Do you have another account that you'd like people to follow you at? Yeah, it is. That, that's my main one. Okay. But I do have a, I'm a personal one. Um, if, if anybody wants, wants to follow me there, it's at GTB underscore dad. And dad is in all caps. And then 0719. Okay. Very cool. Well, yeah, thanks again, Tyler, for joining us here on the podcast. Look forward to doing it, doing it again soon, okay? Yeah, thanks so much, Jake. All right, there you go. Tyler Bergener from Fifth Quarter BYU. A big thank you to him for taking some time to talk BYU football, a few thoughts on BYU basketball. And, hey, he is parroting something that I have spouted off multiple times on this podcast. Open up the checkbook, BYU. Let men's basketball and BYU football get the lion's share of that money. They deserve it. They generate it. Let them take advantage of that. But a big thank you once again to Tyler Bergener for joining us. Follow him at BYU underscore FQ. Does a great job on social media and covering the BYU football program in a rather unique way. So check it out, guys. That's Tyler Bergener from Fifth Quarter BYU. All right, that's going to do it for a Friday edition of the show. We will have our special weekend bonus editions this weekend with the Player Countdown Series. As you may have noticed, we didn't uh, get a chance to get to our Player Countdown Series today. We will double up on tomorrow's podcast, catch you up on the latest when it comes to the Player Countdown Series. And of course, over the weekend, any news that breaks, we'll have it all covered for you in a full edition coming back on Monday. Have a great rest of your weekend whenever you hear this. I hope you guys are all doing well, staying home, staying safe, and make sure that you join us each and every day as we talk BYU sports right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Have a great weekend. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.